0: He us out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The name Beelzebub or Beelzebul is associated with the false god Baal, the god of the Canaanites. And this name can be translated as the Lord of the Flies. Yes, just like the famous novel of that same name, the Lord of the Flies is one of the names of Satan in the Bible. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the devil today, even if it makes us a little queasy. He casteth out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. It's an accusation hurled against the Lord. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament foretold that the Messiah would be abused. When he wrote, and he wrote in the voice of Christ, and I quote, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to those that plucked out the hair. I shielded not my face from buffets and spitting. He casteth out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. But this is just one, one of many indictments made against our dear Lord. For example, when Jesus was put on trial before Pontius Pilate, his enemies said, this man is stirring up trouble in our nation. He is preventing us from paying taxes to the emperor. That's from this same gospel of Luke. Then they urged Pilate uh, to condemn Jesus to crucifixion, and they said, if he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. That's from the Gospel of John. Jesus was innocent, but they didn't care. Now let's think what it means to condemn Jesus for crimes he did not commit. Jesus is the Son of God who loved us to the end. The Lord gave his life for us, but we thanked him with slanderous accusations. And today's passage of the gospel is an example of that very thing. This gospel, however, can be helpful. It helps us to understand something that is vital to our faith. Because here, we can see how the devil does his work. Yes, this gospel reveals the devil's tactics. It can be a tool for us. What are the tactics of the devil? that he uses to keep us from God? Well, listen and learn. One of them is to confuse. Yes, to confuse us. The devil loves confusion. He loves the fog. Is there a difference between conjugal love and debauchery? Of course there is. But Satan tries to make us believe that this boundary is uncertain. Is there a line between truth and lies, between honest dealing and exploitation. There most certainly is, but not if we listen to the devil because, as the old saying goes, he knows that it is easier to catch a fish in muddy waters. You might know Paradise Lost, the great poem by John Milton from the second half of the 17th century. And in it, Milton describes the descent of Satan for the first time into hell. Lucifer has been cast out of heaven by Saint Michael. And now he must descend and he must take up his throne in the pits. And what does Satan find when he comes to his new kingdom? The answer is chaos who in Milton is personified as a creature, chaos. Let's listen a little bit to Milton. Behold the throne of chaos, and his dark pavilion spread wide on the wasteful deep. With him enthroned sat sable-vested knight, eldest of things, the consort of his reign, and by them stood Orcus and Aedes and the dreadful name of Demogorgon. Those are demons in hell. Then rumor next, and chance, and tumult, and confusion, all embroiled, and discord with a thousand various mouths. Hell is dark, the color of sable, chaotic, entirely black. But then who is the source of light, the source of clarity, Well, it's the one who said, let there be light. Fiat lux. It is the Lord. It is the one who spoke order onto the waves, onto the primordial chaos at the beginning of the world that in Hebrew is called tohu vavohu. That comes from the book of Genesis, where we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty that is, tohu vavohu, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and God said, let there be light. Those are the first three verses of the first book of the entire Bible. The Lord loves light. He loves light so much that he created it. He loves clarity, not fog. And clarity is charity, that means it is loving to be clear. And if, as you will notice, if we clearly distinguish between good and evil, between truth and falsehood, if we shine a strong light on evil, then evil can be seen in all its ugliness. It's like the insects that crawl out from under a rock when you turn it over, in the forest, if we fall because of our weakness, we can at least know clearly that we have sinned. We can call sin, sin. And that is a blessing. Let there be light. We can then repent. We're on the way. Now, before I finish, I would like to note something that is a little uh, sick-making, a little unsettling. If Jesus, the Lord, was accused unjustly, then we shall be accused unjustly. How can we know this? Because Christ himself said so. The Lord announced that accusations and slander would come upon the church just as they fell upon him. He told us explicitly, not here in uh, St. Luke's, Gospel, but in the Gospel of Matthew, the first one. And not by coincidence, he mentioned the devil's name. He mentioned Beelzebub when he warned us. It is Christ himself who warns us, and here is what he said. The disciple is not above his master. If people have called the master of the house, Beelzebub, it will be much worse for those in his house. He's talking about us. What happened to the Lord Jesus often happens to his church. How many times has the church been accused of the worst things? How many times has she been hated precisely for being holy? But it is a great honor. It is an honor for the church to be buffeted with accusations. Accusations similar to those that befell Christ Himself, You know, with each week of Lent, and we're almost now at at the middle of Lent, we get closer on the way of the cross, we get closer to Christ's passion. Passion has its root in the Latin for suffering. Suffering. Also the Greek pathos, suffering. The word passion means suffering. And the suffering is real. We share in it. And so we pray in this Lenten season, we pray in the words of an old Polish litany. It was written by the servant of God, Sister Leonia Nastanówna, who is a sister of Mary the Immaculate, from the village of Stara Wiesz, which is in southeastern Poland, and she died in 1938. This is called the Litany of Jesus, carrying the cross to Golgotha. It contains many prayers, many ejaculations, but here are the last three. We can pray them. Jesus, wearied to the core from pain and fatigue, falling under the weight of the cross, close to dying and in agony before death, have mercy on us. Jesus, numb with pain, kicked with brutal force by the soldier in your side, around the heart, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus with thy last strength, taking up the cross to carry it to the top of Golgotha, there to die upon it. Have mercy on us." And in conclusion of this this litany with Sister Leonia, we pray, Lord Jesus, who atoning the Father freely took up the cross on thy suffering shoulders and during your last journey fell again and again under its burden. You who offered your sufferings and the insults you heard as reparation to God for our many sins of unbelief, of pride, of sensuality. Lord Jesus, grant that by contemplating thy passion and feeling what you felt, we ourselves may benefit from thy merits by confessing our sins honestly and humbly in the sacrament of penance you live and reign with God the Father in the unity of the Holy Ghost throughout all ages. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.